Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a pleasure to welcome you to today's worship, both to welcome our new viewers as well as our extended Village Church family that now goes around the world and is able to join in worship together in this way. Let me remind you that you may ask for prayer by writing to prayers at villagechurch.org or you may simply communicate other messages to us by writing to me at jackb at villagechurch.org. You may continue your financial support for the ministries of our church by sending checks to Box 704 in Rancho Santa Fe, or simply by going online to villagechurch.org. We are receiving a special emergency offering for COVID-19 relief. That offering will be split equally between local mission partners with whom we have been working for many, many years, as well as national and international mission partners with whom we've been working for many years. Our session has authorized a $35,000 challenge grant, so every dollar you give will be matched by a dollar, up to $70,000, and we hope that it will go well beyond. We will continue to receive this offering through June 15th and then distribute it to mission partners around the world. We have two flags with us this morning from the parlor of our sanctuary and our church, and they represent and commemorate the lives of two great friends of our congregation, uh, Henry Austin and Otto Diefenbach, and we thought it appropriate to have them with us today in worship as we celebrate Memorial Day. We also have a cross that is over my shoulder here, a cross that Helen and I brought from Oberammergau in the year 2000. You might remember that in 1634, all of Western Europe was going through a great outbreak of the bubonic plague. And the people of Oberammergau, a small village in Bavaria, promised to God that if the village was spared, they would perform the Passion Play, the story of Jesus, every year. And indeed, since 1634, they have done that. It now is performed every 10 years as an offering of thanksgiving to God for his provision and protection during this time of plague, as well as ever since. And we think it appropriate to have this official commemorative cross as we celebrate and we remember all those who have gone before us today. And now, friends, let me invite you to join in a few moments of Memorial Remembrance. Friends, this is Memorial Day weekend. Tomorrow we will celebrate and honor the sacrifice of those who have given their lives in military service to our nation. I am here at Fort Rosecrans National Cemetery on Point Loma in San Diego. Here is a way of bringing all of us to this special place so that we in our own hearts and in this moment might remember their sacrifice. I invite you to reflect upon those who have given their very lives to serve the highest ideals of our nation, ideals that Christians believe serve the higher purpose of honoring God and honoring the lives that He created for us all. I invite you to continue your reflection now as we hear from our choir as it sang last summer at the American Cemetery on the beaches of Normandy.
Let's be called together with these ancient words from Lamentations. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Your faithfulness, O Lord, is great. You are all that I have, and therefore I will wait for you. You, O Lord, are good to those who wait for you, to all those who seek you. It is good to wait in patience for the salvation of the Lord. Friends, let us worship God. Let me see. 
with the sure and certain promise of God's love for us in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, let us confess our sins to God. Merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength, nor have we loved others as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been, Help us amend what we are and direct what we shall be so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. In Christ we pray. Amen. Hear and receive, believe and trust in the great news of God in Jesus Christ, that God so loved us that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, for the life of the world. Be assured of your love in Christ. Amen. May the peace of Jesus Christ be with you all. Because God has given us peace with him and with one another, please share signs of God's love and peace with each other and receive God's peace.
Good morning, Kids Village. Today, your story is about a man named Stephen who was an apostle. Last week, we talked about two men named Peter and John who were disciples of Jesus. An apostle would have been someone who was like a messenger and also a close friend to the disciples. Stephen would have been helping them with all kinds of things that needed to be done. In our story this morning, we're also told that Stephen was put up against a council of people who told him that he could not talk about Jesus. They were not okay with him proclaiming the good news. Stephen used that word determination, and in this moment, he still said that he was going to talk about Jesus because that was the right thing to do. It was a hard situation, but Stephen knew that Jesus was going to be with him. Your memory verse for this month comes from Galatians 6, 9, and it says that if you continue to do good work and seek Jesus, that at the right time, you will see a harvest of your good work. Especially in this time, maybe you're doing homework and you're not sure what the payoff is going to be. Maybe you're doing chores at home and wondering what the point is. Maybe you're having a hard time with your siblings and wondering if things are ever going to change. There are all kinds of questions and things that are tough, and this memory verse reminds us that even through those hard moments, there will come a time where Jesus will show us the fruits of our good work. We are reminded that there is nothing that is impossible for Jesus, and especially in these moments that we're all going through, that his power is great and it is mighty. We miss you all, and we hope that you enjoy your Sunday school lessons that are posted online, and we'll talk with you soon. Bye-bye. I do not often need to be reminded to pray for myself, things that I need, whether it's emotional or spiritual, desert time where I just need to be renewed. I do, however, at times struggle to pray for others, especially those whom I do not know or I've never met, but whose needs are far greater than my own. God is present for whatever and however we pray. He yearns to hear from us. Please join me in prayer, first taking a few moments just to pray to God about those things that are on your heart. I will then lead us in a pastoral prayer and invite you to join me for the Lord's Prayer. Let us now join together and pray. God of beauty and might, creator of all things from the sunrise to the sunset, the one artist of the colors of the bright, clear sky in the day and the evening painted in the soft hues that remind us of your magnificence. We come once again to renew our trust in you, to share our joys and griefs. For many, we come weary and spent in need of a new filling of your Holy Spirit. Hear our prayers for the world, Lord. We pray for our mission partners who are at risk for violence as well as the pandemic. Bring safety, medicine, and doctors to help them, Lord. Thank you for the frontline responders who continue to work even as the governments work to open up their countries and bring people back to work. Lord, on this Memorial Day, we give you thanks for all who serve and gave their lives for freedom, both in this nation and throughout the world. Let us never tire of gratitude, and may we never tire of giving you thanksgiving for all who serve in our armed forces. Let your minds be on you, Lord, not distracted by temporal things, but looking to your presence with us always, past, present, and future. Help us see the whole of the world and not become arrogant with our own safety or risk or the safety of others, merely because we have grown weary of this time. 
Help us stay the course. Be the encourager. Pray for others. Give us hearts to share the good news of salvation through Jesus, your Son, who brings peace and life. God, our great physician, lead the researchers to a vaccine for the virus and let us give glory to you for all the progress that is made. We thank you, God, who raises us up and brings victory in all things through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.
scriptures with a prayer for illumination. Please join me in prayer. Gracious God, since we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth, make us hungry for this heavenly food, that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. We present a reading from the book of Exodus. The whole congregation of Israelites set out from Elam, and Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month, after they had departed from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, and the Israelites said to them, if only we had died in the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way I will test them, 
whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening, and you are full of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you uttered against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke in the whole congregation of Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared to the appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew was lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness, there was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? What is this? What could it be? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. We are in the middle of a crisis. We're in the middle of a crisis now, and we're also in the middle of a crisis as we are looking at the story of ancient Israel. We have talked about how the descendants of Abraham have gone to Egypt and been enslaved there and then left through the leadership of Moses, 
The people were in crisis as they went through the Red Sea, but now they are in a new kind of crisis as they wander in the wilderness. It's a crisis of being hungry. People are hungry today. In fact, people are always hungry somewhere on the face of this planet. People were hungry then. They were thirsty. They were tired. They were confused. Many were angry. Many were depressed. Let's talk about the crisis of hunger. Some people think that hunger is a sign that God does not love us. If God did love us, wouldn't he always make sure our bellies were full? Some people think that when we are hungry, we should just sit back and wait for someone to feed us, wait for God to feed us. The question I want to talk about this morning is what do we do about hunger? It's a more complicated question than you might think at first. Let's think back to the time of the Israelites wandering in the wilderness. They had essentially two options available to them. One option was to continue to move on, to go forward and to trust God. The other option was to go back, to go back to Egypt, to abort God's plan and to give up their freedom. There were many who questioned whether or not that would be the wise course of action. After all, in Egypt, they had had something to eat, something to drink. We have options. We have things that we can do when there's hunger. We can work so that we can feed ourselves. We can work so that we can feed those who cannot feed themselves. And yet, when you think deeply about it, still, we are dependent on God. We're dependent on God for rain and for sunshine that make our food grow. We're dependent on God for seeds that germinate and animals that reproduce. We're dependent on human will and human hope and human work to plant, and to produce. Almost no one today grows and produces their own food. And very few do that for themselves. The production of food is a community experience that depends not only on the provision of God and his good creation, but on the provision and the cooperation of others. You see, we are more dependent creatures than we like to admit. We are dependent sometimes, not just on our own ability to work or the willingness of others around us to work, but we can be dependent on human kindness, on the willingness of others to share what they have so that we can eat too. Now, I realize that most of the people that you and I know are not hungry, but some perhaps are, and many others are in the world around us. And so the issue of hunger, not only in this current crisis, but in the ongoing crisis of human life on the planet, the issue of hunger is a deep 
deep issue. Of course, we also have to admit and recognize and think about the fact that there is a kind of hunger, there is a kind of need for food that we cannot grow for ourselves. There is a kind of hunger in the human soul that that all the grain and all the meat and all the wine in the world will not satisfy. We need a nourishment that comes from God alone. And so there's more to this matter of hunger than just physical hunger. There is spiritual hunger as well. Jesus taught what people of faith already knew. He taught that we need nourishment for our souls. We need nourishment from the Word of God. He reminded the devil that those who feed on the Word of God have the true food that they need for eternal life. Now, as I think about those who truly have ingested the truth of God in their lives, I see people who feed other people with actual physical food, as well as take care of themselves. And I see people who find nourishment from God, despite sometimes their lack of nourishment for their bodies. There are many forms of nourishment that we need in the world. And we need to think about what kind of nourishment we receive. As I look at people who are steeped in the Word of God, people who understand who God is and who they are in relationship to God, as I think about people that I know in my own life, people about whom I've read, people throughout history, who have truly been attuned to the ways of God in the world and the ways that God means us to be, these are people who always have hope, they always have a will and desire to take advantage of the gifts of creation that God has given us and then also to share those things with other people. Those who do not feed on the Word of God, those who are not filled with God's truth, filled with God's Spirit, filled with a deep understanding in their souls about what they're meant to be, they're selfish. They don't mind letting other people starve. They find nourishment in many different forms that come not from God, but, but from themselves and perhaps from other people and other things of the world. But eventually, if we feed only on those things that we can produce for ourselves, we'll starve. You see, it is the food that God gives us from his good earth in the way that he meant to nourish us physically. It's that kind of food that truly nourishes our bodies. Ask any dietitian, ask any physician, ask any mother who knows what kind of food is good for her children. We also know that the food that we need is the food that God provides from himself, the spiritual food. God's word, God's truth. If we don't have both good physical food and good spiritual food, then we end up being malnourished. 
we end up being unhealthy. We end up being grotesque and unrealized versions of the true humanity that God means for all of us to experience and, and to express to others. Those who feed on their own pride or their own intelligence or their, or their own self-concocted version of reality are like those who are eating spiritual junk food that eventually does you in. And so as we think about the question of hunger, we need to think about what we do when our stomachs are empty. Or as we used to say in my family, when your tank is empty. When you're hungry for physical food, most of us in this nation and most people around the world are blessed with enough food, but many are not. And of course, there is a food crisis today of those who no longer have the means of earning for themselves. And so as we think about spiritual hunger, we think as well as about those who are physically hunger, and we note the similarities between the two and the things that we learn about both of them. When you are physically hungry, you go find some food. What are the signs, though, of spiritual hunger? When you're physically hunger, hungry, your, your stomach will probably growl and you have this sort of ache and emptiness in your gut. Some people, when they're physically hungry, begin to feel weak or a little bit disoriented. But what are the signs of spiritual hunger? The signs that your soul is not being fed. Well, some of those signs are the things that happen when, when we're hurting, when we're depressed, when we're angry, when we're confused, when we're grieved. Now, all of those are normal emotions and normal experiences of life, just like hunger is a normal experience. But, but when that kind of spiritual thing is going on inside of us, when we're continually hurting, continually depressed, continually angry and confused and grieved, and we don't know what to do about it, that means that we are spiritually hungry and we're not being fed. When we're physically hungry, we reach out to find food. And hopefully, if we can't produce it ourselves, there's someone who's willing to give it to us. But when you're spiritually hungry, what do you do? Jesus gave us a clue about that. When Jesus was wandering in the desert, just as Israel had been wandering in the desert, when Jesus was physically hungry for food, Satan came to him and said, Jesus, you can produce all the bread you want. And Jesus said to him, you know, it's not just about physical hunger. It's about spiritual hunger, too. Men and women do not live only by the bread that fills our bellies. We live by the nourishment of the word of God that fills our souls. We live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, because those words are words of truth, words that help inform us and inspire us and guide us, words that help to counteract the spiritual hunger that's in us, words that help us find the resolution to our hurting and find the resolution to our depression and anger and confusion and all the rest. And so the challenge for you and me is to quit eating spiritual junk food.
and to feast instead on, on scripture, on prayer, on good teaching, on fellowship, on all of the different means of grace that God has given us so that we open our mouths and, and take into our souls that with which God would feed us. Now, one of the things that we learn as we're ingesting good spiritual food is that there's way more than we can eat. In fact, you digest it best if you also share it with others. There are people around us everywhere today who are searching for a resolution inside their souls, a resolution to the anger and the confusion and the grief and all the rest. And they perhaps do not know where they can find good food. Thankfully, the nourishment that God offers is always available to us. The, the restaurants that serve it are never closed. The supply chains that provide it are never closed. And so you and I, who are filled with nourishment from God, have a responsibility to share that nourishment with others and to show them how they can find it and bring it into their very souls. Now, I'm sure that all of you have heard about COVID-19. That's the virus, of course, that we're so worried about today. But have you heard about COVID-15? Now, before you get upset and worried that there's yet another virus out there, let me tell you what COVID-15 is. COVID-15 is the 15 pounds that many people are expected to gain because all they're doing is sitting at home and eating I know what that challenge is like. Perhaps you do too. Now, let's recognize that not everyone gets to sit at home, and not everyone sitting at home has enough food, but there are so many that do. And so as we think about the COVID-15, about the temptation to fill ourselves with junk food and sit around and do nothing, let me pose this question to you. In this crisis moment, are you taking advantage of the opportunity to actually be nourished in your soul? We need to battle the battle of the bulge, so to speak, and physical weight gain. I get that. But most of us could gain some more weight when it comes to the matter of our souls, could we not? Most of us could stand to build up and bulk up when it comes to our relationship with God and our ability to love and our ability to hope and our ability to be positive and our ability to reach out to other people and give them not only spiritual but physical food as well. I hope at the end of this crisis, whenever that might be, that when I step on the scale, not the one in my bathroom. But when I step on the scale that weighs the weight of my soul, that God will be able to say to me, Jack, you have put on some extra pounds that are not, in fact, extra, but they are pounds that say that you have grown in your relationship with me and your ability to express my will and do my will in the world. Friends, 
Are you seeking out the spiritual food that God offers to you today? Amen. We have just heard God's word read and proclaimed. Let us respond through the affirmation of faith through the words of Holy Scripture. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, I want to tell you about the hymn that we're going to hear and sing in just a moment. It was written by Martin Rinkert. Rinkert was a Lutheran minister who came to the city of Eilenburg in Saxony at the beginning of the Thirty Years' War. The walled city of Eilenburg had become a refuge for political and military fugitives, but the result was that the city was badly overcrowded. It was afflicted with famine and also deadly plagues. Armies overran the city three times, but still the Rinkert family stayed there. And the Rinkert home became a refuge for victims of both hunger and disease. Even though he was often hard-pressed to provide for his own family, Rinkert stayed. And during the height of a severe plague in 1637, Rinkert ended up being the only minister in town. As the only pastor, he conducted as many as 50 funerals a day. He performed more than 4,000 in that year, including the funeral for his own wife. In the midst of those circumstances, and because of the power of the Word of God in his own life, Rinkert continued in his ministry. He eventually wrote over 66 hymns that praised the Lord, including this hymn that we will sing now that praises the Lord. Keep us in. 
Friends, let's be thankful today for the food that fills our stomachs and the food that fills our souls. And then with the strength that both kinds of food give to us, let's share both kinds of food with others. In all of that, God will be praised. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you today and always. Amen.